Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Heidi Ho, it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host. So happy to be here, Brian Pointer and Indiana Outdoors, sponsored by our good friends at Indiana Donor Network Driven to Save Lives.org, making some progress. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor and help save up to eight lives with that all important donation. What a great show we've got today. You know, this is, we're kind of in between stuff and wouldn't you know it mother nature always provides great opportunities to talk about indiana's natural resources we've got a federal holiday monday believe it or not and it happens to be martin luther king day with that you're going to have an opportunity for some volunteer opportunities jody heaston our volunteer coordinator at state parks going to tell us all about it what do you need to do and volunteering is not something that should just be on a holiday it's something that they rely on and we're going to talk to jody about the year-round opportunities lake michigan this time of the year typically is covered over with some shelf ice and blowing winds but no it's warm and there's no ice guess what we've had a record burbot B-U-R-B-O-T. I didn't even know we had burbot in Lake Michigan. Didn't know that they were native to the state of Indiana. But to see this press release come out, we're going to talk to Ben Dickinson, Lake Lake Michigan fisheries biologist, find out what the heck is a burbot and this new record. Because it's kind of an interesting anomaly, I think, set forth by the weather and other things. So we're going to find out about that. But I had an opportunity of a lifetime recently to go over to... Pike County, Illinois, do a little uh, goose hunting, which is one of my favorite things to do. And we visited the Harpole's Heartland Lodge, which is the only Orvis certified lodge in Illinois. Never had an opportunity to go to one. I did now. We're going to find out about it. And Gary Harpole is going to talk about the history of this iconic destination and some of the things that you might want to take into consideration next year for a trip. So as you can see, it's Indian Outdoor Show. I want to leave Gary all the time we can it's Indiana Outdoor Show. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I hope you're off to a wonderful January. We are here in the Indiana Outdoor Studio and a great big show coming up. We are brought to you by... Our good friends at Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives. That's the number two dot org. You can sign up to be that organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license or just go to the website, driven to save lives, help to heal 
up to 75 people and save eight lives with that organ donation. I, of course, your host, Brian Pointer. You heard me at the top of the hour talk about kind of one of those moments in your life where you look back and go, well, that just turned out better than I could have thought. That didn't happen all the time, but it did recently. And with that, have invited the owner and proprietor of the Harpole's Heartland Lodge over in Pike County, Illinois. And uh, Gary Harpole joins us. Gary, great weekend spent at your place. And what a hidden gem. So first and foremost, Happy New Year. And thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. Well, thanks for inviting me, Brian. It was a pleasure to have you here at the lodge last weekend. It certainly was. And, you know, you have these things, as I've been hunting since I was a teenager, and I'm not a teenager anymore, that's for sure. And you have these opportunities in life where you think, man, I'd really like to do that someday. Well, I had that opportunity at a bucket list uh, opportunity last weekend where we visited your lodge with some lifelong hunting friends and said, hey, we're going to do some goose hunting and do some upland hunting. And I was all for that. And we're going to Harpole's Heartland Lodge. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I was like, I'm usually the one that kind of plans these trips and somebody else took the initiative. I think I've been permanently retired. What a fantastic place and what a family legacy you've left over there and thought it would be good just to talk about how one becomes a the only Orvis certified lodge in Illinois and how your family started this beautiful lodge in one of the most majestic areas of the Midwest if you're looking for deer hunting or waterfowl or turkey. Um you name it, it's a fantastic place. So take it away. How did all this thing get started, Gary? Well, um, actually, you know, I grew up as a, my family's from Pike County. All my uh, relatives and my mom and dad both grew up in, in rural Pike County. And my parents migrated about an hour north to a town called Quincy. And that's where I grew up. But it was in my blood. I just loved hunting and fishing as a, as a young boy. And I was blessed to have a lot of relatives and family in this really deep hunting tradition in Pike County that I, I grew up in. And so I would come as a little boy and at first was walking around. I was a little boy that had to walk around the tree to get the squirrel to come to the other side when my grandpa and my dad would shoot it. And eventually I got my single shot 410. I was able to to carry a gun with them. But it's just a a tradition that I grew up with and that I was was blessed with as a young child. You know, those types of opportunities don't just happen. It's a lot of history. It's a lot of tradition. And you kind of made your vocation your vacation as things would have it and as families do they change and you were left with a legacy and you've turned that into a pretty dynamic pretty important place and pike county is a legendary area of the midwest for not only deer and other species but it sits in the flyway right off the mississippi so great waterfowl great goose hunting which is what we experienced and it doesn't just happen so give us some of the things that kind of said hey i'm going to do this i'm going to turn this into one of the greatest lodges in the midwest well it was an evolution really i had this vision of building a, a lodge next to my grandparents' 
farm and um i i really didn't know what i was doing honestly when i was 25 i just got back from a trip to, from australia traveled around had, had these big ideas but i was wanting to buy a piece of property uh, that joined uh, my grandparents property and but i was just fresh out of college couldn't really afford it and the farmer or the landowner at the time said hey i know this guy from uh, peoria illinois that has some guys that maybe want to come hunt and you might want to chat with him that might help you kind of cash flow this farm so i was like okay i'll give it a whirl so i got introduced to the guy and uh, met some people that he was wanting to bring and one thing led to another i got introduced to the outdoor industry a lot of the the TV shows, um, Suzuki's Great Outdoors back in those days, a lot of the video people, everybody for some reason was really hot to come to Pike County, that's before Pike County was known, um, and kill big deer or go upland and waterfowl hunting. So when I got back from Australia, I went over there for a little while and I got back, I had this vision of building this lodge and it just kept growing and growing and getting bigger. And that's when I built the first lodge. And I guess I just like to do everything the right way. And so it turned out decent and, and people enjoyed it. Then I had some, um, executives here from 3M and Mercury uh, Motors, and they said, you need to be an Orvis endorsed lodge. And I had no clue what Orvis endorsed lodge meant. So they uh, sent a letter to Orvis and recommended us for um, endorsement, and Orvis sent a person out, and he did the inspection and, and said, you guys pass with flying colors. And that was probably 24 or 5 years ago, and we got endorsed. And then later on, I actually worked for Orvis as a consultant and traveled around and did the same for them for a while and, and endorsed lodges um, across the United States, mainly west of the Mississippi River. But then it just, I'm always one on 1% growth. I always just get better every day by 1% or every week or every year. And just over 28 years now, uh, we've just managed to improve every year. And over the time, we've um, been able to come with a great staff and we've expanded our lodging and we always try to improve the hunting and the hospitality as well. Hospitality industry is so tough. The outdoor recreation business, even tougher. And you've been able to merge both. And I think anybody who's listening to this, who's traveled or had a destination or who's hunted, you kind of show up at a place and you got a guide or you got a facility and they say they got you all covered. And then you kind of roll in and you're like, well, I'm only here for a couple of days. <laughs> I can deal with this for a couple of days. I rolled into your place. And I never wanted to leave. I've never felt like that at a place. And you kind of have a sense in your own mind when you show up at Harpole's Hunting Lodge or Heartland Lodge and or any of the other facilities that people might have been to. Yeah, you know, the pictures look great. The stories are all great. And of course, the recommendations are all great. And then you show up and yeah, wasn't quite all cracked up the way it was designed. And I couldn't have been more pleased to make your acquaintance and those, as you said, the hospitality struck me first and foremost. And you guys really put on a first class operation. So it's not as if somebody listening right now says, man, I'd like to experience all that in these beautiful lodges with this picturesque views overlooking the hills of Pike County. I mean, you've expanded into corporate entertainment, and I heard our guides in the pit talking about all the weddings they go to at your place. So it's much more than just a, a hunting and fishing or a hunting lodge at this point. 
Yeah, and that's one thing that I picked up on. Well, when I first started, I had to pay the bills, so I needed to be opened uh, 12 months out of the year. But then I picked up on something when I was doing the consulting work and helping Orvis Lodges and other lodges that, that weren't endorsed across the country. I, I noticed that lodges that were well-run, um, that were good operations, were, were year-round. Uh, they were able to uh, employ staff, keep people on on a year-round basis, where the ones I went to that were seasonal – they were always trying to get new guides, get new um, housekeepers, cooks, whatever. And so I really picked up on that. And that is part of the reason for our success is what you've said is that, you know, we are open year round and side by sides and ATV riding. We're the largest actually ATV park in the state of Illinois. And we actually get a lot of people from Indiana and surrounding states that come and stay and ride because that's a really popular activity as well. But we do business retreats and meetings. We have the sporting plays, the horseback riding, other activities in the summer and it all complements you know what we do in the fall as well well it's no doubt that pike county is legendary if you read any magazines you see any tv shows as you said pike county has always been a destination is it still a dramatic destination in illinois relative to other places Yep, I was actually just at a, a meeting, a county meeting uh, last night, and I was telling them, you know, you know, Pike County is a brand that people know for quality hunting, um, and it still is. Now, the, the crazy boom back when it first hit as a deer hunting back in the, the 90s, you know, you'd go to a restaurant, and you'd have to wait an hour to get in line. That's calmed down a little bit, but every hotel still sells out, and the restaurants are still full um, during, the, during the hunting season. So, yeah, it's a popular time, and behind agriculture, I would say hunting and tourism is, you know, our second leading industry. Gary Harpole is our guest, Harpole's Heartland Lodge, and it's truly a family affair. You have the history that you're very proud of, and in the books in everybody's room, talk about the history of the lodge and your family and the food and the, the recipes even coming from those memories of you as a young boy. And I think anybody who's listening knows what that looks like you know they had family that they were close to and it instilled something to them you just found a way to make your vocation your vacation would you do it again um, yes, absolutely. I, of course, you learn a lot, you know, and when your hobby becomes your job, it's a little bit different. But I've been so blessed with meeting so many wonderful people from all over uh, the world, really. Um, we get people from all over, from East Coast to West Coast and from other countries as well. But And then just the growth, you know, taking the business side of it with my passion um, and the outdoors. And then, like you mentioned, is, you know, living, um, carrying on the family tradition through the lodge and uh the, the the most joy i get is you know when i look back to when i was a kid of course it was shooting that big buck what i wanted or that rabbit or the most squirrels you know it's all about shooting something but as i reflect back now and if i could go back and relive just you know an hour of time when i was a kid it's it was time spent with family and friends and you know that's really to me what hunting is all about and that's what heartland's all about and we're blessed just like your group you know it happens every day here people come and create memories that they will you know always cherish and remember and some of the stories are you know they, they pull at your heartstrings we've had people you know dying of cancer and it's their last hunt with their buddies um and they they come to heartland you know we get to share that with them it's just a lot wow. of a lot of powerful special or you know to the you know the grandpa who wants to take the grandson the first time on a hunting trip you know it's it's just cool stuff when you get to wake up every day and and be a part of people's memories that you know that they'll they'll always remember it's it's very special well for us being here in central indiana and those around Indiana, it's only four and a half, five hour drive just north of St. Louis. So it's an easy, 
trip to get over there. And then when you get there, you're like, wow, I didn't realize how special this place really was. In our group of six, we were traveling together in a van. And I can't tell you how many people said, wow, this is beautiful, long before we ever got to your lane. So very quickly, I want people to understand, you know, this may not be a trip for everybody. It's kind of a bucket list item for me. But if you're interested in learning more about your lodge, how do, what questions should people come with? How do you guide people when they are trying to figure out designing a trip for them? I think the biggest thing is just managing expectations, you know, going into it, knowing what you're looking for, what you're expecting at the end of the day, and just ask us the right questions, because I've learned doing this 28 years, um, everybody has a different set of expectations. So we try to exceed everybody's expectations, but sometimes people have different expectations than what we can can offer as well. So I think that's the biggest question is just call us, and, and whether it's a deer hunt or if it's a waterfowl hunt or it's an upland hunt, or if you just want to come over and spend the weekend or a vacation and ride side-by-sides, um, any of those things, just we want to make sure that we exceed what you're hoping to do here. Well, I can tell you this. You did everything and more. The food was fantastic. The hospitality at, at dinner, the family style, get together with the other hunters. The guides were first-rate professional, and that's always a wild card when you have a guided trip, whether it's fishing or hunting or anywhere in the United States. And I'm telling you, we've been some with some fantastic guides and we've been with those that yeah, may not go back there again but give your website one more time so people can get an idea of what this is all about pictures never do justice and of course you encourage people to call but how do people reach out to you okay yeah there's two ways to get to all of us the website it's real simple it's just heartlandlodge.com and uh, it has a lot of good information on it, a lot of good content on it, just in hunting in general. We try to keep it updated with some of our pro staff of different tips and things that we've learned over the years, or people are just welcome to call us as well. Gary, as always, I always love to share new experiences, and there's probably somebody out there saying, man, I would have, I've been thinking about doing this. I didn't know who to go to. That's why we do these types of opportunities, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be the guinea pig, and Countess is one of those who will be returning at to uh, Heartland Lodge. Appreciate your, your candor. Appreciate your family's history and your dedication to making world-class experiences available to the hunters in the Midwest, and don't be a stranger here on Indian Outdoors. We have a always have an open phone for you well, i appreciate you call me anytime i would love to chat with you anytime you have uh, an opening you got it thanks so much the heartland lodge gary harpole it is the indiana outdoor show i am your host brian pointer don't go anywhere we're going to be back right after this So great to be with you this weekend. Great to be alive in Indiana as here we are in midwinter. We're in show season. We've got the Ford Boat Sport and Travel Show coming up. We're going to be talking a lot to the guests, uh, many of whom we talk to throughout the year here, but we're going to be previewing what's going to be coming up at the 68th Annual Ford Boat Sport and Travel Show coming up in February here in Indianapolis. But we still got some great outdoor activities ahead of us, including our first federal holiday of the year. Hard to believe we're two weeks in and we have Martin Luther King Day here on Monday. And as always, our Indiana State Parks are ready. Joining us is our 
volunteer and Indiana Master Naturalist Coordinator Jody Heaston is a regular here on Indiana Outdoors, and we're back at it again. More activities in our state parks, but we got a volunteer opportunity on this Monday, which is a federal holiday. Tell us all about it, and thanks for being here, and Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you, and thanks for having me. Yes, Indiana State Parks and the DNR, we love volunteers. And to start out the new year, Martin Luther King Day of Service is a great time to consider how you'd like to volunteer for state parks, either that day or any time of the year. So on that day, it is a federal holiday. A lot of our property offices are closed, but the parks are open. So that's a great day to get out, maybe visit a park you haven't been to in a long time or one you've never been to, take a trash bag with you and explore some hike some trails, explore around the shelters, explore around the um, picnic areas and playgrounds and help us pick up trash as a service and giving back to the state parks that day. Or maybe you're going to stay home that day and just relax. It's a great day to explore our DNR volunteer website. All you have to do parks.in.gov and click on volunteering and they'll tell you all ways you can volunteer throughout the year. You know, this is one of those pleas that I feel like is always worth repeating because you can talk about volunteering or giving time or joining a friends group at one of our state parks and you think, yeah, nobody's ever going to do that. Maybe our messages aren't getting heard, but consistently our Department of Natural Resources, especially the Division of Parks, through your efforts and those that are volunteer coordinators in the parks, constantly are providing opportunities for people to get involved. Service is one of those things that you kind of just, you can't force somebody to do it. You got to say, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's get out and participate in this great day at these state parks on this federal holiday. So we're going to keep doing these messages for sure. And I'm sure you're going to keep coordinating, but you know, the oh, yeah. import- what is the importance of volunteers to our state parks? Oh, we we rely heavily on our volunteers. As you know, some of our properties are short our staff. And so, you know, our staff need to keep things running at the state parks, everything from flushing the toilet, getting toilets flushing and, you know, keeping our roofs on our buildings. So our volunteers really can step up and help us maintain a really clean and fun atmosphere for our visitors. They help out with our interpretive services and our programs. They help side by side with our laborers and mowing. So you might see some volunteers mowing during the summertime. You know, we have so many needs that volunteers can fill and we will work with volunteers to find something that they really enjoy. I mean, think about being in the state park park and being outside on the trails and just enjoying being outdoors. And in return, you're helping the visitors have a good experience and have great memories of visiting the state parks. You know, volunteering is a year round thing. This is a great moment to highlight it, but Mm -hmm. this is a year round opportunity for you. I mean, this is your professional endeavor, but making sure that people understand it's not just one and done. This is something that happens 365 days a year there are Mm -hmm. opportunities and once Martin Luther King Day is over and then there's going to be other opportunities throughout the year in the summertime if people say you know they're not going to bring a school bus of people but maybe there's just a family how do you encourage them to make this something that's an action item for them that they actually do 
Right. So it's really easy. Again, you go onto our website, stateparks.in.gov, um, locate the property that you'd like to um, give back to, contact that property. Every property has a volunteer manager on that property that will then work one-on-one with that family, that individual, that civic group, that business, and really connect them with something that they will enjoy, that will help the park, and then that will make them enjoy it and come back more often. Something I'd like to just point out is that we will be giving out awards pretty soon to some of our volunteers, and we have 16 volunteers that have given 2,500 hours of their time to us, and we're going to be giving them awards. 2,500 hours that these people wow. gave to us individually. That is insane. They enjoy it so much. So, yeah, that just shows how much our staff bring these volunteers into our families, our staff families, our DNR families, because we really appreciate our volunteers. And that should show people that if an individual is willing to give 2,500 hours of their time to a state park or a DNR property, you know, we really do appreciate all their efforts. And as with everything, I try to tell this to my kids, don't, you don't have to make this some uh, Oprah moment here. If you just say, hey, you know, we want to do something different, whether it's Monday or it's next week, next month or this summer, just start. Just pick up the phone, as mm-hmm. you just said, and say, hey, we're coming to the park. We're going to have some, mm-hmm. we're going to be experiencing it. Is there anything that we could do to give of service? I'm a huge believer of paying civic rent. And you have to pay your civic rent in the form of time, talent, and treasure. Somebody who might have the hours but not the money, invaluable. Somebody that might join a friends group and support financially, valuable. But mm-hmm. getting out and doing, as you've said, is extremely uh, appreciated by you, and you do such a great job. One more time, if someone says, you know what, Pointer got me all fired up here, who do they call and how do they do this? Right. So the easiest thing to do is go on the web and go to stateparks.in.gov. You can easily just click on the tab that says volunteer, or you can click on how to find a a park and find the park or property that you really want to help out. Just connect with them and they are every property that will help find people a great volunteer experience. Well, Jody, I greatly appreciate you being a part of Indiana Outdoors as always, and I hope there are some Indiana Outdoor listeners that say, you know what, we're finally going to get out and do something, and here's a perfect table set for that opportunity Mm -hmm. for you guys to get out there. Jody, thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. I'm sure we'll have you back here real soon. All right. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. I'm your host, Brian Pointer. Don't go anywhere. We're going to find out about a record fish catch. Yep, indeed. Here in the winter, you're going to hear all about it. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Hope you know that by now. Brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, Driven to Save Lives, the number two, driven to save lives.org. And I am your host, Brian Pointer. So great to visit with Gary Harpole at Harpole's Heartland Lodge over in central Illinois. What a fantastic spot in Pike County. Great to visit with him here and his family story and how that became an Orvis certified lodge. And Jody Heaston. Of course, talking about Martin Luther King Day on Monday, which is a great opportunity for volunteering, and we're always trying to keep track of 
interesting stories and came across one recently up at Lake Michigan. And joining me is Ben Dickinson, who is a Lake Michigan fisheries biologist. It's great to visit with you. Happy New Year. How are things up at the lake? Well, they're, they're uh, pretty good. Uh, this uh, warm weather has put a damper on the ice fishing, but it's uh, allowed quite a bit of unseasonably uh, nice access to Lake Michigan. So can't complain about that. So with the fact that there's, and we still got plenty of winter left, trust me, but, you know, typically the charter boat captains are uh, on the pursuit once the ice comes off the shelf, off the, the shore there. Right now, is this something that you haven't seen have you have you been in this position in the past where there's no ice in january um yeah maybe once or or twice um in in my decade here uh but it seems like really the last uh few weeks have been you know not only no ice but also you know very uh favorable wind conditions not not many waves out there on the lake so i've uh, been I, I can't remember a period like this with with such unseasonably warm weather and, and low winds uh in january well it's certainly one of indiana's great resources and i love to keep track of it and love chasing the coho in the spring and just enjoy the the whole vibe and culture of Lake Michigan and and how what a beautiful resource it is and how well it's recovered and managed over these years. But came across something uh, that was a state record and had a great story. The state record burbot was caught. Now I have to be honest; I didn't even know we had burbot in Lake Michigan. And the only reason I knew what a burbot was is because I'm kind of one of those junkies that watch the Alaska shows and they're always out trying to catch burbot. So I read about this and I said, okay, we have a state record burbot caught up in Lake Michigan. Tell me the story and what what is a burbot and tell me the story that you can relay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, burbot are, are pretty cool. They're essentially a freshwater cod. Um, and uh, not a ton of people know about them, as you were kind of referencing there. Um, there is lots of different names for them. Uh, you know, people uh, will call them uh, eel pout or lawyer or ling or cusk, I think, up in the northeast. Um, but they're, they're a, a circumpolar species, so we're about at the southern extent of their range here um, in, in northern Indiana. Um, and, and they can be found, as you said, up to Alaska, Canada, you know, over in very nor- northern uh, areas of Europe and Russia and stuff like that. So uh, they are native to Lake Michigan. Uh, they're one of the keystone uh, predators out in the lake. So they're, they're fish eaters. Um, and, you know, we really don't see a ton of them in Indiana because they're pretty much a bottom dweller, cold water, deep water uh, type species. And the time that they are near shore is, is typically this time of year in Indiana. Well, it's very interesting. Do you make the fact that this record was caught because we are in a unique situation without the ice and the warmer weather that they were able to come a little closer to shore where maybe some of your run-of-the-mill fishermen, for lack of a better word, would have an opportunity to catch them? Yeah, I, w- I would say, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't characterize some of the guys that are out there right now as run-of-the-mill. I would say they're diehards. But, yeah, but that's yeah, true. You know? <laughs> that's true. My but, fault. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, <clears throat> with uh with unseasonably great weather i mean guys with with a 18 foot boat or whatever can get out there <clears throat> and and i do think that you know primarily uh the the fact that it was was broken here and and i've heard about multiple 
catches, I, I think, is mostly due to the access. And I think, you know, most of this is it's bycatch by guys that are out uh, targeting whitefish and lake trout, which are both kind of um, surging fisheries in their own right because people have kind of discovered them. And with warmer um, weather and, and stuff, there's, there's expanded access opportunities for those fisheries that makes sense so i gotta ask the 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 obvious question how big is this burbot and how big do they usually get right so um the the uh state record burbot that we're talking about here it was 10.2 pounds uh and they generally can get up to about the 20 pound range i think the the world record is in in the low 20s um and, and I do have to share that actually yesterday somebody brought in a bigger burbot. So no there's way. Another pending, there's another pending state record burbot that was 11.4 pounds. So I think you answered the question. They, It's not like they were necessarily fishing for this, but because these other species are bottom dwellers, as is the burbot, the warm weather, the lack of ice, the opportunity to get these fish in a little closer and shallower water, it was kind of like they got a little bit, surprised when they came up and said oh that's a burbot mm-hmm. yep uh and and i think the you know I, I i know for a fact that a bunch of people and and even scott the guy that caught the, the current one told me i i think this is going to fall pretty soon because i catch you know enough you know or have seen enough in this kind of range that you know you know there's bigger ones out there sure um and and he was right i don't think he was expecting it to be you know two weeks later but uh but yeah i think i think that um the just the number of guys out there fishing this time of year is higher than normal and uh what they're fishing for and just you know happen to be catching uh more of these fish i love it i didn't i don't even know if i'd recognize what it was when it came up but that's why we have these great charter boat captains overall in the time we have left i think this is another testimony to the health of the fishery of the resource in in your expertise as the biologist up there how would you rate and grade lake michigan right now oh i'd i'd probably give it a a b plus i mean i think uh it's it's uh the fishery is always changing and uh there's kind of you know inherent instability with uh you know predator prey relationships and stuff like that but we've we've seen uh pretty solid fishing the the chinook fishing has been um the fall fishery was actually uh the best this year it's been in quite some time and uh i'm hoping for another strong coho spring um you know upcoming in a couple of months you and me both, my friend. Ben, great to visit with you. Congratulations. I know it's fun to be a party when you have this in your backyard and a nice record in a unique fish, and that's why we have you back. But I imagine in the spring we're going to be talking to you again about chasing the coho up there, and I know a lot of folks are going to be in- interested and anxious in that. Thanks so much for being a part of Indiana Outdoors, my friend. Absolutely. Good to be with you. Indeed, it is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Congratulations to that new record holder and now the newest, newest record holder. We'll find out more about that. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. I 
told you we were going to have a little fun. I don't think we disappointed. Great show kicked off by Gary Harpole, the Indiana Outdoor Show, of course, and I am your host. Brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Gary Harpole, Harpole's Heartland Lodge. What a family story. Just a mission of somebody who had a passion and turned that into a very, uh, just an unbelievable destination in the outdoor hunting industry, the travel industry, the hospitality industry, and what a great journey of following your passion and had a wonderful time over there. And the Heartland Lodge is certainly a destination. And we, we hope to have Gary and his folks on from time to time. It's just close enough to Indiana. It's almost... It's almost like why you, you, you don't have an excuse. It's not going to cost. You don't have to have your passport. You're not jumping on an airplane. It's just a great time. Ben Dickinson, our Lake Michigan fisheries biologist, always great to visit with him, talks about a record burbot that was caught. And I, being the, the uh, ignorant one, didn't know we had burbot in Lake Michigan, didn't know they were native. Here we find out that the record that was broken last week is – potentially already been broken again. All this brought by the fact that there's no shelf ice up on Lake Michigan and winds haven't, they've been favorable. So these typical bottom dwellers are are now more accessible and just fantastic fish to eat and to catch. And these diehards that are out there braving Lake Michigan are being rewarded in some big ways. So that's always good. Jody Heaston, it is... Martin Luther King Day, Jody Heaston, our volunteer coordinator for the state of Indiana. State Parks reminding folks of volunteer opportunities at every one of Indiana's great state parks and destinations. Just uh, reach out, and if you're going to be doing something fun on Martin Luther King Day, go to a state park and maybe just give back just a little bit. So as you can see, we had uh, we had a full full throttle here on Indiana Outdoors, and I always enjoy that, and I'm looking forward to another great year. Here we are already halfway through January, and I wish everyone a very happy Martin Luther King Day, happy holiday, off on Monday, and remember, turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. Be safe. See you in the great Indiana Outdoors. See you outside, everybody. Mm -hmm.